Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone, welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. Um, It's good to have you back. I've got a special treat for you this week. I've got Ralph Greco Jr. who's here to read one of his works. He is an ASCAP licensed songwriter, professional playwright, the senior East Coast correspondent, reviewer, and interviewer for VintageRock.com, and I know some of you read that. Um, Press liaison for the Erotic Heritage Museum, editor-in-chief for The Sex Files, weekly column at shortandsweetnewyorkcity.com, columnist for sexpert.com, blogger for latex designer, Donna Matrix Designs, that's cool, co-host of the naughty Licking Non-Vanilla podcast with M. Christian, and professional copywriter for adult as well as mainstream clients around the world. Ralph's short fiction, erotic and straight, poetry and essays have been published in eight countries, in major market magazines and small press, in various anthologies and single author short story collections. Ralph's one act plays have been much published in a complete, sorry, been as much published in a complete collection as they have been produced across the US. His self-penned, self-produced, salacious songs and dirty words theater show has been performed off Broadway in New York City. And he says so off the theaters were almost in New Jersey. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Ralph. Thank you very much for having me. Hello, everybody. This is brilliant. So what are you going to read for us today? You know, you caught me off guard. I didn't know I was going to read today. Can we just talk? I, I don't have anything ready to read. I'm so sorry. I, I can. I don't have anything here. Uh, I just, I wasn't prepared for that. I'm sorry. Do you okay. want to just interview me instead? I guess uh, that would be better. Let's just do, let's just, just, just draw a little bit. We'll just talk a little bit if that's okay. That sounds great. Okay. okay. So how did you get started writing? Well, writing, like probably anybody who writes on a regular basis or a professional writer, you and anybody I know, I've been doing it for a long time, since I was uh, a little kid, actually. My mother has books that I made her when I was, you know, a little guy, and they're like little science fiction stories, and I drew them myself, you know? Um, oh, cool. She still has them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but the erotica writing started... Um, very interestingly, well, interesting to me, um, at the time, this is back in the day when, um, there was still call in 900, 800 numbers. People would call in for those numbers yep. and listen to pre-recorded, you know, naughty scripts read by yep. nice, you know, um, women and men, mainly men, women. Anyway, though, a friend of mine called me, uh, and she said, I have, I found this guy who wants to record me reading some scripts but I'm a little nervous about going over his house by myself. I don't know this guy. 
So I said, this is probably mid eighties, late, late eighties. I said, all right. We, and he lived not that far. I said, I'll go with you. So I go with her and he ends up being a nice, really down to earth, nice guy with a, with a cute little wife and really nice, just like nice people. We go up to the apartment and my friend reads one of the scripts. And then he says to me, do you want to read one? He goes, cause I could use a male voice. So I read one about the principal spanking the, you know, the student, the errant student. And then at one point I said to him, do you, are you ever looking for writers for these scripts? And I don't know where I thought that up in my mind. He said, yeah, you know, to tell you the truth, I, he goes, I, I, I burn myself out all the time writing this. And what, what I found interesting right out of the gate about that assignment was that 800 number and 900 number were different. What you could say in the scripts were different. Oh, really? So, yeah. So there were, there were about two page scripts, two and a half page, three page, but they had to be, they had different protocol for each. And that was a big writing challenge right out of the gate. And I got paid for that right out of the gate. So I was like, I'm a paid erotica writer right out of the gate, you know? <laughs> so it was it. really cool. And then from there, it just, you know, just blossomed. That is so cool. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a neat little way to do things, you know? I, I love I love that as a first gig. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of people won't, a lot of people will not remember that um, uh, because they just aren't as old as we are. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> right? that's true. But I do remember those. Um, and mm -hmm. so that is such a cool first gig. Um, what do you like about it? As, as, I mean, I mean, possibly in comparison to the other types of writing you do, do you find it easier, harder? You know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I find it easier or harder to do that kind of writing. It certainly is different um, yeah. because it's not just fiction writing. It's article writing and blog writing and interviews right. and all that kind of stuff. Um, if anything, maybe it's easier for me to concentrate on one idea because mainly I'm a short story writer or, right. short, you know, so in, in, when it comes to the fiction, so maybe it's easier for me to concentrate on one concept or one idea in the erotica writing, as opposed to the science fiction writing, as opposed to the, the straight mainstream fiction writing. You know, I, I find it's a little bit easier to, to, to hone in on the one thing I want to say, or the, the overall concept. If I could think of anything off the top of my head, I would say that's, probably what what's the difference and maybe better if, if if i could use that term i mean that's really interesting to me because i i write a lot of nonfiction. i write um I blogs i write yeah. articles for different like i write articles for a million different people right um and um and i've done a lot of nonfiction writing i've got nonfiction books and mm -hmm. what i found in my 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 erotica is i'm based in reality i'm i'm that type that yeah. works for me. Um, but I, I find that that is much easier than doing um, a short story where there is no erotica in it because, um, because it is so varied. So I would kind of agree with that. You have so many different aspects to, to work, work in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, when you write erotica, do you write from experience? Do you tend to focus on things that you know? Do you range far afield? Um, I would say generally it's, it's within the, the stuff that I know and have done. Uh, but not everybody's that lucky to have done all that great stuff we want to do. Right? right. So a lot of that is fantasy too. And, 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 or, you know, taking something maybe you've done and putting it, you know, fitting it into a different context or, you yeah. know, um, so that's kind of, and I, what I, 
when I can when I have when I can get the thing I'm the thing I like the most to do, he said, trying to use the English language, um, <laughs> is to if I can mix genres, if I can mix erotica with satire and say sci-fi or fantasy. That's my favorite. That doesn't happen often, but I try to do that. But I tend to tend to write a lot of niche fetish stuff, I find. An, an incredible amount of spanking stuff, an incredible amount of femdom or just, you know, BD, not heavy BDSM, but, but so there's, I tend towards, I'm sure you do too, like you, whatever your interests are, you tend to go that yes. direction, right? Yeah. It, hard not to right <laughs> I know. yeah but, but you know not that i say not that i'm even ever saying i've tried any of this or even thought about any of this it's purely research <laughs> i said oh, oh, oh i've never done that i am so out that i've you know everybody knows <laughs> i mean i think yeah i think we all, anybody's the, doing this stuff well yeah. having written an erotic memoir i mean it kind of says it all right there's the piece of erotica there's the piece of my life so you know yeah i mean i think that it's it's generally understood um that an adult writing this kind of stuff has either experienced it or wants to, or has some experience in it some, and somehow, because it's the only way it's, it rings true. That, yeah, and that's the thing. But what's always interesting to me is, is that, um, you know, I know, I know that a, a lot of authors who mix the erotica with other genres, which yeah. is, I'm not, I'm not so good at that. I would love to be, but I'm not mm -hmm. so good at that. Um, but I love, I love reading like, a, sci-fi erotica or fantasy erotica the mm -hmm. idea of satire is just really turning me on so i'm gonna have to you're gonna have to point me in the direction of those stories because i just yeah. think that's fantastic the idea of satire it's not easy i mean you know i probably could call one up right now but it's not it's not easy it's it's um i can I, you know what as we speak i'm gonna go i'm gonna speak to you and and, and do this interweb thing that they that the kids call that's always interweb. a wonderful thing yeah, yeah. that's that's, this that's this, this wacky of... interweb thing. So I'm going to put on my glasses, uh, <laughs> and uh, but we'll keep talking. And, I, and let me see if I can find one of those stories that I'm talking about. But uh, let's keep talking. Yep. So, I mean, I always find that really cool. How did you find writing a play and actually producing something, uh, producing a full show um, off Broadway? And how difficult was that? And, oh, and that, that, that was quite the challenge. You know, that was, um, I found... Uh, you know, out of the, what is it, out of the fire into the frying pan or out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah. That, that was, because I put, what happened was I put the show together, I, it was a cabaret. And I had one of my one acts in it, a very short one act. And I did some songs, some kind of naughty, satirical, salacious kind of material. Yeah. And then I had a buddy read a piece that he had written for Penthouse. And he was on the set of a porn studio, uh, movie. And then another, per it, was, it was just a, and then I did it again. And I had a friend come up and she did a, she's a, uh, like a, a dance artist. And so it, but it, it was, it was pretty ferocious as far as the production. I, the one act plays that I have written that have been produced, I just write them. I'm not involved. Right. In that's easy. That, I mean, yeah, not definitely easy. easier. That, that's easier. much easier than oh, my God. a show. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Put, mounting a show is, and then I, the last time of the show I found, and I was talking to my friend who's a professional actor. I said, you know, the problem I had with the show was that I was I was both MC and performer, and it was it was a lot of it was a lot of double dipping, very difficult. Yeah. Um, I would do it again, but I'd have to be I'd have to have a producer or a director this time to really help me hone. As I have I have a I have a musical idea that's a 
uh, a narrative acoustic piece, but I'm not doing anything. I'm not mounting anything on my own anymore without a director. You have to have somebody like that helping you along, you know? I mean, I just think that's so incredibly brave because I know what goes into doing We're all stupid. Of that. I don't know if it was brave. It was just, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to err on the side of stupid, but uh, um, it, it's very, it's a lot of, it's a heavy lifting, a lot of heavy lifting. And yeah. uh, I don't, I don't think, you know, I'm always of the mind, like there's some people who do, uh, some people who do this and some people do that. And I, I think you should let the people do the jobs they do. This is what happens with the playwriting I find is that um, a lot of times I'm not asked into the rehearsal process. And that, that has nothing to do with because I'm not a nice person. It's just because they know better not to let the writers in on that process because the writers, you know, they want to get too involved in, in telling actors and directors what to do. So in those instances, in those collaborations, I rather that person do their job, I'll do my job and I'm, and then I can concentrate on my job. When I went back to your, your original question, when I did this salacious songs and dirty words thing, it was just, it was too many jobs, too many, I was wearing yeah. too many hats. You yeah. Know? On episode five of Licking Non-Vanilla with special guest, Miss Ava. Have you ever worn panties? Ralph? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> just a... <clears throat> Ralph, oh, uh, our, our, our next topic is... I just love how it got real silent there, Chris. <laughs> I was just curious <laughs> if you knew what it felt well, like. You know, uh, I, you know, <laughs> I can't believe I made Ralph Greco speechless. Well, this know, is a red letter day. <laughs> I can feel the blush halfway across the country. Where's your blood going? That's a clue. Licking non-vanilla. A sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. With your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Yeah, so. that I get, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I'm, um, I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> yes. No, no surprise to anyone who knows me. Right. Uh, and um, so I've always found it hard to give up pieces of things. Yeah, I understand that completely. But I have really learned, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I self-published this. I, I, my, the first book I ever had published was published with a mainstream publisher. Mm -hmm. And um, the process of doing that, um, it was a nonfiction book. It's still in print. Mm -hmm. Um but even that, the process of doing that and with the editing and the, the, the oh, no, we want you to go this direction, that direction yeah. was um, noxious enough. And the rewards were not good enough yeah. that um, um, I was going to publish another one with a mainstream publisher. And we got as far as um, being ready for publication and they wanted a co-publisher. They wanted a U.S. publisher along with the U.K. Right. one. And they couldn't find anyone that wanted what we had done hmm. without changing it drastically. Um, and so after that, I was like, you know what? Self-publishing isn't viewed in the way it used to be. Yeah, sure. Right? So I'm going to do it myself. And the advantage, of course, is then being able to have my own word. But um, I very quickly realized that I had to hire people to do various bits and pieces. Well, that's fine. I mean, you know, I think that if you could, you could still, you know, you could still um, point the rudder, right? And other people yep. just have to come on, on board to do what they do. Um, but, but there's just... I, I it, years ago when I when I was starting out in my, in my 20s to record music, um, 
I, I was I was on the impression that I was going to be Prince. I was going to play all the instruments, you know. Right. But like, there's not that many princes in the world, you know. Like, you know, yeah. and I was, and I'm real good at some stuff, and I'm okay at others. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, nobody's going to give a shit if I if I played all the instruments if the song sucks, you know. Right. Like, I, at the end of the day, let's just make it the best it could be. And there's certain things I won't concede. I'm sure, like you, there's certain things I will not concede for whatever reason. Um, but but mostly, if, if I'm, and I've done this many times in the playwriting process because I, I have been invited in a few rehearsals where I would see the actors on stage and, and they, they, they're they conveying in a look what I said in four sentences. I'm like, well, right. get rid of the damn sentences. You know, right. I, my words are no sac not so sacrosanct that I can't get rid of them. Because my friend John, same actor guy, said to me once, and this is not true of all things, but it could always be better shorter. True of many things, though. But not all things. Not all things, but but many things. <laughs> that's what she said. But that's many that's exactly things, true. not sex. Let's be really clear about that. But but many things. Many I, things. And I agree. I mean, and that that basically comes down to shut the fuck up and revise. You know. Well, and and, that's, I, and that's that's always an interesting one for me because that's one of the things that I found. Um, I worked with a a, a mentor for mm. um, this book, and in part because. I think writing your own story when it's filled with trauma and intensity is quite difficult. Oh, um, I, I would say so. Yeah. You know, and, and it was a long process, but, mm -hmm. uh, but then it was a short process. So I had written bits and pieces and bits and pieces over 10 years. And then um, I decided that during NaNoWriMo this year, I was going to write the entire manuscript. Mm -hmm. and, and I went off and I was like doing prep work and I kept getting stuck. Right. Um, and I realized I needed to revisit Boston, which I hadn't revisited since I'd left. And I needed to revisit and retrace okay. my steps. So I went and did that. Um, and then I actually wrote the whole manuscript first draft during NaNoWriMo. Oh, okay, cool. Um, um, and then started the revision process. And part of having somebody there with me to do the revision process was to figure out where can I lose words? Yeah, right. Because right. right. I, I, I don't know, some people don't use enough words, but most writers are verbose. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, it's like, take it out. You don't need to say that, right? They right. get it without you saying that. I, and, and, and you don't know those things, especially in a memoir. You're in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, looking, you're looking, you're not looking at it objectively in that way. Yeah. And there are times, times when you come across these like, I, I'm not losing that. That's staying no matter what, come hell or high water. Um, but, but I agree with you. Yeah, there, it's good to have a little bit of a, take a step back or have somebody come in and say, look, I get that. You don't have to pound me over the head with that. You know? And well, I and I found it preferable to have somebody who actually understood my life experience. And, well, that um, helps too. It, but oftentimes when you're working with an editor, they don't. And if they oh, don't- Oh, I find that, oh my God, yeah, that's- And that's like pulling teeth. You know, it's, it's terrible. That experience, and particularly if you're writing sex, yeah. and you're writing sex and you've got somebody who's reading, like when you do a short piece for, I did a, um, um, a piece for a um, porn site. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing a short piece for, for somebody else mm -hmm. and they want your short piece on X, Y, Z, whatever sexual experience, mm -hmm. but they don't know anything about the experience themselves. Mm -hmm. And they start trying to edit the experience. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, it can't physically work that way. <laughs> I mean, happens all the time, you know, especially with kink material, because if the, if the person doesn't know the kink, uh, they're, they're starting to either edit or jumping ahead. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen without that. And you got to, right. you, 
if you're gonna if you're marching forward out the lube in this situation, we're not gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're not having time. We're not doing it. You know, I mean, you're, you're trying to be really sadistic, right? That was right, that's right. Unless that's where you're, that's where you're going for. Fine, but if you're trying to make this, you know, an essential pegging situation. Oh my God, um, lube! Tons of lube. You know, I mean, and 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 there's not you know not even a mention of it, but like you're going out of your way not to mention it. I'm like, you're not being truthful to what. It's just what whatever we're talking about, you know? Well, what I find so amusing about that actually is because um, the biggest problem with pornography, and I don't have a problem with pornography. Mm -hmm. Right, of course. You know, I recommend clients use pornography in certain cases and whatever. Yeah. But the biggest problem with pornography is that you don't see what goes into what that scene. Yeah, right, right. Right, right. so you don't see the fluffing and you don't see, um, right. you know, she's tied in an artful position. You don't see the... 40 minutes it took to tie her there. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And she's so sweating back here. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, you absolutely. don't see any of that. Right. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times people go and try and do these things without any of that. I know. And they're using that as the model and then they wonder why it doesn't work. You know? Right, it's, right. Okay, look, in real life when you do this, it may not look as exciting. You know, the same thing is when we're writing, you know, sometimes I have a friend who, when she writes, she will often... There, you know, the next story does not have the consent conversation in it. You know? mm, right, right, yeah. It's a well, fantasy. You know, so. Yeah, and and that, yeah, and all that, like you know, if you're doing like infantilism or you know, mommy daddy play, all that stuff, mm -hmm. and and you, it's it's very easy to get right to where you need to get if you just take a couple steps or a couple, you know, moments or I I, I find that stuff um, skirting past all those things very easy. But but what 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 what'll stop me cold is when I find something un that just doesn't ring true, and and I'm like it's it's just because you can't you, like you know I'm 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 taking the whip and I'm whipping him all over. I'm like well okay, but are we you know um, avoiding the lower back and the kidneys? You know like that's my first move. I'm like you're whipping him on his back. Where on his back? Because like I'm I'm a little afraid of the kidneys. You know that's the first thing I'm thinking of. You know so. But that but but see that kind of stuff and and so for me one of the things that I that I I've been like playing with is how do we incorporate that sort of stuff and still keep it sexy because we I know. know we know damn well that there are people out there who are using what is written as a guide. Oh, I know. You're, you're, and and you're right about that. Template. And it's really hard to incorporate, you know, well, well, you could say upper back, right? Or, oh, yeah. or you stick to the bum, right? Or you, right. Or like, you know, like from a shoulder, his shoulder blades were getting red. I don't care what you say, but just don't be hitting the neck and don't be hitting the kidneys. And, and I mean, it, it's a minor point in some ways, but in other ways it's not because if it takes me out of the, the, the moment, because the first thing I go is, wait a minute, this doesn't seem safe to me or doesn't seem consensual or doesn't seem even correct. Then then, I, then I'm like, okay, I'm stuttering now. I'm not in the, in the moment anymore, you know? And I mean, a lot of what I write is really extreme. And a lot of what I write, I mean, consensual non-consent is a thing for me. And yeah. so when I was writing the memoir, one of the things that I had to do, because people were finding that they went from my erotica to my real life and they a couple of pre-readers didn't see where the, they couldn't see the, the division the break. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. they got turned on by the stuff that was non-consensual in my real oh, life. It was no right. fun. And then they were, then they were mortified at themselves. And I'm like, well, okay, that, that, that's okay. I mean, you I'm can't, like, can't. first of all, don't be mortified. Right. Because, you know, this is like, 
why wouldn't you be turned on by it? Yeah, right. It makes sense. Right. 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 I mean, I have enough trouble teasing out what's okay. You know, what, when I think about stuff, what I'm still turned on by, even though it wasn't consensual at the time, because I, yeah, that makes, and that's, that, right? and that, that makes perfect sense. You know, but that, to I be able to put like, put a thing in there and like, and, and, you know, I put some stuff and then I put explanations about consent yeah, yeah. later, but to put a buffer in there so that people can get it. But it's like, I mean, I'm like, I'm being really clear here. I've got somebody cutting into me and in, in, in something. Yeah. You know, that's not safe. This is not yeah, yeah, SSC. Yeah. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. That's not the way I play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, 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 yeah, I can't agree with you more. I mean, Chris and I, when we, you know, we talked about M Christian before he's a, yeah. a acquaintance of ours and Chris and I do the podcast together. And, uh, and then we also do the King conventions. We, we teach at King conventions. And I tell you, it, we, a lot of our classes are, are, always considered a little bit soft and introductory because we don't play hard and we uh and we and because it's a class situation we always stress safety 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 yep. all the time and so I, I i know people have come up to us and criticize us for not being hard more hardcore and taking a demo bottom out of the audience and not whipping whipping her tits as opposed to just you know slapping them and but that's just the way we are and i figure my re- a little bit of my responsibility in that case is to tread with safety first always. Oh, just, and you know what? So I teach also, um, and I tend to I tend to be at leather events. Mm-hmm. I don't teach as often in at events as I do with folk outside of events. Who yeah, have I got you. Tense of experience, but right. Um, but I am clear about what's an introductory course and what's not an introductory yeah. course, and. If you are teaching people for the, if you're at a kink event and you're teaching people where you don't know what their level is, mm-hmm. it's irresponsible to go in all guns blazing, right? I, I agree. I totally agree. I because totally agree. If you don't know somebody, I don't care what anybody says, as a demo bottom, and I've demo bottomed for people, mm-hmm. a person, a 20 minute negotiation with me if you've never met me before, mm-hmm. and that's a long negotiation for a demo bottom, right? Yeah, it is. But if yeah, you do yeah. that, even, even if you do 20 minutes with me and you've never met me before, you're doing light stuff with me because you have no way of reading me easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's and, all we're ever talking about is safety and consent and, and, and respect. That's all we're ever talking about. Simple things, just simple. Well, we say it's simple, you know, but just, but, but if you look out in the world, people don't even, don't even often get consent for the vanilla things that they're doing. How about, how about the, amount, the amount of couples you know that are abusing each other in ways that have nothing to do with, with, a, with a paddle? Absolutely. And, or, and, and, and nipple clamps. Who are just looking at each other across the couch and beating the shit out of each other emotionally. Absolutely. You know? I mean, it's just, that's why I always, I, I'm, I know you do the same. I come to the defense of kinksters all the time because I'm like, well, look at these people, what they do when they're, they're dressing up like ponies at this convention. And, and I'm like, you have no idea how controlled and safe this is and how, you know, I, I, I went to a convention once in, in New Jersey where I live and there was a, a guy there, young, young guy. He must've been in his early twenties dressed um, in a skirt, dressed as a, as a, as a, as a cute little girl. He looked fucking amazing. I mean, you know, cutest little ass, you know, and I'm hetero. So it's, that's the, you know, and I just walked up to him and I said, look, you know, I just got to tell you, you look wonderful. You know, he was really happy because he was, and then I, I stepped back and I, and I welled up a little bit because I'm thinking, where else is he exploring this? 
You know, where else can he, where, he's obviously, he was a cute little boy. I mean, he had a cute face, you know, and he had a nice little body. So I'm sure he's, he's doing fine in the world, you know, but I'm looking at him in this little, this little dress and his little top and, and a wig and he, and he looked beautiful. And I'm thinking for, for, for no other place, he can come here for the weekend and feel good about himself and explore well, that's the this, point. Right? And I was like, man, you know what more, you know, I just, I feel so good for this kid. Because he could do that, you know, and there's a lot of people walking around for whatever their predilection is, whatever's going on in their life. They don't feel they have a moment to express themselves. And man, that 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 really bothers me. You know, I think, you know, and it, what's interesting to me is, I mean, that's I spend more of my time giving people permission to be who they are than anything else. Man, that's that. That's yeah, that's a statement right there. Right. Yeah, I know. It's because people, they automatically dismiss anything they don't think doesn't fit. And right. And they're miserable, you know, no, I know. It, it makes you miserable when you do that. I know. I, 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 yeah, I mean, it really, so, you know, I guess, you know, in our own little way with the writing and, and these, you know, the broadcasting and the teaching, you know, I like to think that, you know, at least I'm positive influence when people meet me beyond that, who the hell knows what I'm doing out in the world. But, you know, at least when you meet me, I like to think, well, at least if you come up to me and you're wearing like a dog collar and you, and you, you're into whatever i'm i'm saying hey how you doing you know like i'm like Hi. whatever dude whatever you're into it's all good you know like it's all good so that is like wonderful yeah. so listen where can people find your stuff so okay can... well you can google my name i'm all over amazon um and then you could find me at sexpert.com i do a buy um let's see it's comes out monthly it's a it's a sex writing column on sexpert.com i have the sex files on shortandsweetnyc.com or shortandsweetla.com. And you could find me and Chris and I, or me and Chris at Licking Non Vanilla. That's the podcast. Um, oh, also, I write, I write semi regularly regularly for hotmovies.com. Cool. Um, I'm trying to think everywhere else, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, I don't know, far and wide and, you know, that's where you can find me. So and I'm not, I'm, the only thing I am not on is I'm not on any social media. So you can't find me on social media, but you can certainly find me anywhere else as far as, you know, the books go. And I also, Chris and I have a, a website. It's Ralph Greco and M Christian presents, and you can go there and, and we're looking on vanilla. You can reach me. So I'm, I'm reachable because I like to be reachable. That's important to me, you know? Cool. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been loads of fun. Oh, thank you. I, I can't. I can't thank you enough. This has been a, a lot of fun for me. I, I, you know, like writers, we 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 tend to be very solid, solitary. We don't we don't get out. We get out, but we don't talk so much about other things. And it's nice to be able to just 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 to gab a little bit with somebody who understands completely. You know. Yeah, that's 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 why I do this. It's fun for me too. Absolutely. Okay, guys. I look forward to seeing you all next week. You know, if there's an author you want me to try and get on the show, you need to email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Um, if there's a piece of work that you want me to read, send me the details and I will try and get permission. And if you want all the extras, you need to join my Patreon. So that is patreon.com forward slash lauribethbisbee. And um, at different levels, you get different extra perks. Remember, that's what supports the production costs for me to defray the production costs for this and for the A to Z of sex, which you can find at https forward slash bit.ly forward slash A to Z of sex radio. Or you can listen live 
you can listen live by going to voiceamerica.com and checking that out. That will take you there. And I am every Thursday, 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, and, not, and 7 p.m. BST. I hope you all have a hot and sexy week, and I will see you all soon. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com and drlauribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week.